Would you stand with me and let's, uh, let's read the first four verses from Ephesians chapter 6. <coughs> Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Father, I thank you for the the clarity, the truth, the life, that is the freedom that is in your word. I pray that the Holy Spirit would would be here today and would um, quicken our spirits, quicken our hearts to what you want to say to bring life to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Last week, I talked uh, talked about marriage, and I told people how to be good uh, Christian husbands and how to be good Christian wives. And afterwards, uh, Barbie was saying to me, man, I'm glad you, I'm glad you drew that one because anytime you, 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 you try to tell people how to be a good husband or how to be a good wife, um, you tend to set yourself up as a target. Uh, however, that's a piece of cake compared to telling people how to raise their kids. So today we're on kind of thin ice here. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tread out there, and, and hopefully most of it is going to be, uh, you know, scripturally based. So it's not me, you know, it's, uh, it, it's God you have to deal with on that. Two caveats before we go into it for today. Uh, first, there's more than one way to do it right. Now, there are, there are general rules that can be followed, but there is more than one way to do it right, even in the same household. Your, your kids are different. You know, just because they're all uh, Meeks or just because they're all Berries or just because they're all Laughlin's doesn't mean that they're all the same. No, they're, they're I promise you, they're all different. And you need, you need to get to know them uh, and know who they are as individuals, not just as your kid. But, uh, so, but there's more than one way to do it right. You know, and I know that different people have different approaches to it. So let me, let me just say that right off the bat. We're going we're gonna to use scripture today, but I'm also going to share some from personal experience, uh, some things that were good for Margaret and me and, and in raising our kids. And then secondly, there are no guarantees. Uh, there just simply aren't. Uh, we would like to think that there are. We would like to think that there's some way that if you do this, then that will happen. And, you know, when it comes to chemistry or when it comes to math, or some things like that. Yeah, you can, you can, when it comes to people, it doesn't work that way. It just simply doesn't. So get over it. Um, when it was 15 months ago, uh, when I taught about this last, um, as we were going through the series on living drenched family, and then it was almost 10 years ago, the last time I had done that. So some of the things are going to be things that we've, we've covered before, but every time that I go over this, uh, it always makes me think of uh, the Fantastics, the musical, the Fantastics. There's, a, there's two fathers involved in the musical, and one's got a daughter, and one's got a son, and things get mixed up. But the, but the two, the two uh, daddies are also gardeners, and they got this delightful little song about why they love vegetables so much more than children. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to the song, but, uh, but it's kind of summed up in, every, in, this, in this little, little 
section, every turnip green, every kidney bean, every plant grows according to the plot. While with progeny, it's hodgepodgeny. For as soon as you think you know what kind you've got, it's what they're not. And that often is exactly what happens. You, you think you got this, when in fact you got that. You can't always judge a parent's skills by looking at the results. At least not if you're looking at their grown kids. Uh, you get a pretty good clue if they're little kids. But if you're looking at grown kids, you can't, you can't, you, you just can't. People make their own choices. They simply do. Over in, uh, over in 1 Timothy, it talks about an elder and it says that he must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. And so I've heard people go, well, you know, his children aren't walking with the Lord, so, you know, he can't possibly be an elder. The word that is translated children here, and it's rightly translated children, but in, uh, it doesn't just mean descendants. Uh, the word is actually technon, that's what it is in the Greek, and it means someone who is wholly dependent upon. So someone who is in his household that is wholly dependent upon him, uh, a, a child, a small child, if that, if that child is rebellious, then this parent's not much of a leader. I know strong-willed children exist, but do you know what strong-willed children need? Strong-willed parents. Yeah, and they don't often, they don't often get that. But uh, when it comes to a grown child... <laughs> You know, if, if they're a little child, your job is to manage your children. In fact, it is your sacred trust. It is one of the main reasons you were put on this earth. Because children are a gift from the Lord. They're a real blessing. He, he gave them to you. And he gave you to them. To be their parent. And we're going we're gonna to talk in just a minute here about, about what's involved in that. What that means. Uh, there is a relatively recent category, however, that's been created. In humankind, at least in our culture, and it's called adolescent. It hasn't always existed as a category. Uh, and for the most part, most people are adolescents as teens. Some people are adolescents into their like 40s or whatever. But many, many, many teens think that they've arrived at adulthood, and many parents think that they're still children, and they're both wrong. Because what has happened is emotionally and physically they've begun to enter into adulthood and for millenniums that meant they got a job they got married they started having kids of their own doesn't mean that anymore that's now delayed for quite a while and so they remain dependent and in in that position and they also remain in a lifestyle where they don't have that kind of responsibility to carry and and, and it and it creates creates some confusion it makes things difficult but I, I just want to say you cannot look at grown children and expect their parents to manage them we we have margaret and i have three grown children and uh, we love them, we love to be involved in their lives, but we don't try to manage their lives because that would be creepy. <laughs> and if you have grown children, quit stalking them on Facebook. Just, just, just stop it. Just quit. It, it'll be okay. They'll, they'll live their lives. They're going to anyway. 
I'll tell you all a secret. Your parents know more than you think they do. But there are things, there are things they don't want to know. And that is right and good and as it should be. All right, so let's go on. And, and I know that Proverbs uh, 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And we, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. A couple of things about this. First of all, 24 is not old. 34 is not old. I'm beginning to think 54 is not old. <laughs> Ray, what do you think old is? 100. Okay. There you go. And, 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 and this, this is actually referring to the process of husbandry. Uh, the, the concept of when it talks about training up a child and the way they should go. It's not necessarily religious training. That, that is part of it. But it's helping them become what is inside of them. And, and to do that, you got to get to know them. They are not little you. God, God did not give them to you to fulfill all of the things that you wanted to do and didn't get to do. That's not why they're there. F- find out who they are. F- find out what, what's inside of them, what, what makes them tick, you know, what, what brings them alive. And then, and then you, you help mold them and, and shape them into that. Uh, if you train up a child in the right way, spiritually, I will say this, they've certainly got a much better chance of making right choices. And, and let me also say this, if you've been given this verse, if you've got a prodigal in, in your family and you have been given this verse to stand on, you stand on it because that was the Holy Ghost giving you that verse. But you can't use this verse to say, well, your child's not walking with the Lord. You must not have brought him up right. That's, that's not why that's there. That's not why that's given. Uh, some people do things because that's how their parents did them. Some people do things because that's not how their parents did them. And, and virtually all of us are, are a combination of those, of those two. Uh, I know I am, and I, I bet money you are, but I'm not a betting man, of course. Uh, but that wouldn't actually be betting. That would just be taking someone's money away. <laughs> what is required of a parent? What is it that, that a parent uh, has to do? Well, there are three things. There are three primary basic things that a parent is required to do. And the first thing is provision. It's what's required of a parent. Uh, it's you brought them into the world. And now it's your responsibility to get them to the place where they can leave the nest and, 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 and go and do likewise. Okay. And to not, to not pro- be a provider, the only alternative to that is to be an ostrich. <laughs> Job chapter 39 says the ostrich lays their eggs in the ground and lets them warm in the sand unmindful that a foot may crush them, that a wild animal may, may come along and trample them. She, she, she treats her young harshly as if they were not hers. She, she cares not that her labor is in vain because God did not endow her with wisdom 
or give her a share of good sense. And if you, and if you have children, now this doesn't mean that every eight-year-old needs an iPhone. It doesn't mean that every 18-year-old needs a car. But to the, to the, yeah, we'll, we'll fix y'all in a minute. Uh, but to the extent, to the extent that you can, it means food, clothing, shelter, protection. And guys, I'm talking to you. You know, I mean, women don't have much choice. They're there. And they have this special bond even before birth. Guys, I'm talking to you. You know, it's either you're, it is your job to provide or you look like this fella. And you have a brain about the size of this fella. Quite honestly. Because this is such an incredible, incredible thing that God has given to you. And to just walk away. And feel no responsibility? That's wrong. The the primary thing is that you're a provider. Second responsibility you have as a parent is training. To provide training for them. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Isn't that a wonderful word, exasperate? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't take a little thing and get stuff out of their nose that's aspirate this is exasperate yeah fathers do not exasperate your children and uh, and you know what exasperating i mean um it, it, i think one of the things that you could kind of compare it to is uh like trying to train a dog you ever tried to train a dog how many of you are good at training a dog we have one, two, three. okay. How many of you just think you're good at training a dog? <laughs> okay. I'm terrible at training a dog. I mean, seriously. I, I, a, a peanut has not learned English yet. <laughs> not word one. He doesn't always understand voice inflection. I mean, I, and I don't know why he's just not in very good at learning. It may be because I'm not good at training. Some people can do it, but you know, Peter will come in the house, at least when he's clean enough for Margaret to let him in the house, he'll come in the house and he's, I'll go, be quiet, Peanut. Be quiet, Peanut. You know, and then be quiet, Peanut. He's exasperated. He thought he was doing right. He was being a happy dog, you know, but apparently I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what it is. A father who, uh, who exasperates their, their children has failed to train them. It just simply means they have, you, you have not done the job of training them. And, I, and this does not mean, this verse doesn't mean that mothers are not to be involved in training. However... As was the case with love your wives, there are some things that men just have to be told. Just have to be told. This is your job, too, is to, to train your children. It doesn't say hire someone to train them. No. 
I told you. Uh, we live in a world where you need to you need to send your kids to school, and uh, and you know there there is homeschooling. And I'll touch on that here in a minute. But you need to send your you know they need to they need to learn math and biology and and um, and English grammar and and those kinds of things. But training involves more than that. That that's train them. Don't just keep them away from stuff. If your idea of training is to see to it that they never touch anything that might contaminate them, that they never know about anything that might be harmful to them, then the only thing that you're training them to do is be afraid. Is to live in fear. And, and, and walk in fear. But you're, but you're to train them. And different parents have different ideas about what's appropriate for their kids to see. That's okay. There's more than one way to do it. There's more than one way to get there. What is not okay is to not care about what they see or to care so much and not train them in why you're caring about things. When Margaret and I, uh, when our kids were, were little, I mean, you need, you need to be strategic. You need to, you need to have a plan. Uh, and we did. Uh, we were strategic. We had a plan. We were probably a little looser about some of the things our kids saw. But there were two areas that we always protected them from. And uh, one of the areas was horror movies. And, you know, and I know uh, a lot of people go, oh, I love horror movies. Please. <laughs> when, I was, when I was growing up, uh, they, back, back in the 40s and 50s, uh, the horror movies often were based very much on uh, the original writings, you know, Frankenstein and, 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 and uh, Dracula and, and those like that. I don't think anybody ever wrote a book called a mummy, but I mean, you know, they, they were based on these books. And if you read those books, those books actually were very moral and had very strong um, teachings and undertones to them and, and, and stories in there. Uh, somehow over the last 50 years or so though, uh, that's not what horror movies are anymore. They're just absolutely about how disturbing and messed up can we get you? You know, and a lot of people kind of go, oh, but it's so cool to get disturbed and messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's cool. It's cool to, you know, kill people and chop limbs off and things like that. Wow, isn't that great? Uh, no. No, it, it really isn't. Uh, you know, there, there are probably things that are a little better. And especially it isn't if you're a six-year-old. You go, oh, but my six-year-old loves it. No, your six-year-old doesn't love it. Your six-year-old is scared to death, but your six-year-old loves to please you. Okay, like I said, there's more than one way to do this, but I've got, you know, there's, that, that was one of the things that we protected our kids from. And I don't think that to, even today as adults, they... They much care to watch it. I'm looking at Valerie for confirmation or <laughs> negation there. And she's not saying anything. But, uh, but that, was, that was one of the things that we, uh, that we uh, kept them away from. The other one was the Cosby show. And uh, a lot of people kind of go, oh, what, what was that all about? And, of course, this was long before uh, anything came out about any 
Bill Cosby doing stuff wrong or anything like that. But the reason why, and it wasn't just that show, the reason why we didn't let them watch that show was because on that show, the kids backtalked their, their parents all the time, disobeyed their parents all the time, and were usually right, and the parents were wrong. And we just went, no, not in our house. That, that is not the message that we're, that we're going to send. We're, and we're not going to send the message that that's funny. Because it's not funny. So that's, that's the way that it was for us. Now here's the deal. Whatever media you allow your child to be exposed to, you need to watch it with them and you need to talk to them about it. You say, well, how did we know the Cosby show was that way? Because we watched it a couple of times and went, okay, kids, we're not going to watch this anymore and here's why. Here's why. And, and in doing that, you begin to actually get to know them. You begin to share life with them, and you begin to teach them to think critically and not just suck in everything that, that comes around them that, that glitters and, and, and tinkles and bleeds. You begin to teach them to, to think critically, and if they learn to think critically at home, then they're kind of prepared when they leave home. A lot of times, and here again, you know, I'm not... I'm not saying that I can look at anybody and go, well, you must not have done that right. But, but, but here, here's the thing. A lot of times people complain, well, my kid went off to college and lost their faith. And oftentimes the reason is because college was the first time they ever encountered anybody who had something else to say. First time they ever really began to be challenged to think critically about things. Teach them to do that at home. Teach them to do that before, before, before they get out there. You can't protect them from everything. And even if you could, they're just as likely to rebel as they are to follow. I, I, you know, I know I was. So you can't protect them from everything. Did you ever want to know about the forbidden, the stuff that couldn't be talked about. I mean, you know, now some, some kids aren't. I mean, some kids are kind of like, no, that's forbidden. I just never want to know about that. I did. Boy, I just want to go, I wonder what that's all about. You know, I wonder what. And once again, know your, know your child. Know them. Uh, I, I want to talk, talk about homeschooling for just a second because homeschooling can be a great thing. I mean, it really can. I've discovered that Oh, when kids are homeschooled, they're either like the best students or like the worst students. And it usually depends on the teacher. Just saying. Uh, but here's, here's the thing. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to homeschool. We, uh, um, we homeschooled Valerie through most of high school. Uh, homeschooled Isaac a couple of years in junior high. It was just the right time for them. It was the right reason in their lives. Arwen never, uh, she always wanted to be out in with the people. So she was in, she was in public school, you know, all the way through. Uh, so, you know, it's right for some, it's not right for others. There is only, but there is one reason. If this is your reason for homeschooling, stop it now. The reason that you should never homeschool is this being the reason why you're homeschooling is if you're doing it out of fear. Is if you're doing it because, boy, if I let them get out there, then 
you know, it's going to be bad. Scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-discipline. So if you're doing that, or however you're raising your children, if you're doing it out of fear, that spirit didn't come from God. Came from someplace else. And not only that, there's no reason to be afraid. Over in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You take, you take the gospel and you put it out in the marketplace of ideas that's going on in the world. Uh, all, of the, all of the theories, all of the philosophies, all the ways that, that people say, well, this is right or that, that is right. Take the gospel and let it compete in that arena and it will triumph. It is supreme. It is, it is, the, most, it is the most logical. It is the most freeing. It is, it is the most wonderful. It's the greatest thing going. My, my, my head was totally turned around about this about, it was, it was over 30 years ago, probably over 30, probably some 35 years ago, one day at Cornelia Bookstore. Uh, I walked into Cornelia Bookstore and somehow or another, the, uh, the topic of homeschool came up and it was just really becoming a hot topic among um, evangelical Christians in, in this area. And Margaret and I had little baby Isaac uh, and I don't know if Arwen was on the way yet or not. And so, you know, we were talking about these things. What are we going to do with school and stuff like that? Walked in, and one of the guys who worked at Koinonia, and you've got to understand, all these Koinonia workers, they were like rabidly on fire for Jesus. I mean, you know, there wasn't anybody, you know, hiding under a bushel in there. Uh, and, and one of the guys came up to me, and, and we got into this conversation somehow, and he said, yeah. he said no, we, 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 ab- we intentionally don't homeschool. We send our kids to public school because we feel like the public school needs them. We've trained them. We've taught them. We pray over them. We send them out. Salt and light, baby. Salt and light. I went, oh. There's another way to look at this. But you got, there's no one size fits all. So anyway. Oh, and, and one other thing. Here's, here's all you can do. You pray for your kids. You teach them the truth. And you teach them to make choices. Teach them to make choices. Uh, and, and start early. Start, start from the beginning. You, those of you who've been here for a while have heard me say this before, but uh, what Margaret would do was wonderful with the kids when they were little kids. You don't say to the little kid, well, you can, but you, know, you, you, you don't say, here's an egg you know, for breakfast, uh, unless that's all you got. And then you say, here's an egg, dear. <laughs> but but you, don't, you don't say that, and you, and you don't say, what do you want for breakfast? They're a two-year-old for crying out loud. They want cake and ice cream for breakfast. Yeah. What you say is, do you want eggs or do you want cereal? Teach them to make choices. Teach them to begin to make decisions. And then as they get older, those decisions can become more complex. They can be, become more uh, more complicated. Give them controlled options at an early age. Train them. You brought them into the world. You got the responsibility to provide for them. You got the responsibility to train them. And then you also have the responsibility to ta da ta da discipline them. 
Okay, the juice seems to have moved from this side of the room to this side of the room. Okay, let's go ahead and get these verses, shall we? Whoever spoils, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Does this mean that we're supposed to beat our children? No. Justin, I'm talking to you. Yeah, 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 okay. No, no, it it doesn't mean that. It means we are supposed to discipline our children. That's what it means. I mean, you're responsible for that. Proverbs 3.12, the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Not the son he hates, but the one that he delights in. Margaret and I used corporal punishment. That, that children, I mean, different kids respond better to different things. We used corporal punishment because our kids responded pretty well to it. And also uh, because it's, it's, you know, when it's done right, it's, uh, it's just a nice, clean way to get to, to deal with things. Uh, there are people who use corporal punishment that still have not disciplined their children. All they've done is abuse them. You have to be strategic and you have to be consistent in what you do. Now, here's, here's some, here are three rules for discipline, especially if you're going to use corporal punishment. Never discipline in anger. If you're angry and you're applying corporal punishment, you are not disciplining, you are not training, you are just working out your frustrations. And exasperating your children in the process. So never discipline in anger. I mean, you, you just you got to t- you got to turn it down. You got to back away if you're if you're if you've let it get to the point where anger has happened. And then, secondly, be sure your child knows why they are being disciplined. Uh, it's dangerous to assume that people know stuff that they don't necessarily that they don't necessarily know and when when i was growing up one of the uh, uh common exchanges that you often heard between parents and children were uh blah 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 why because because why because i said so okay all right that's that's legit on one level i mean yeah because i said so is that, that carries weight. That's important. But if you can't explain to them why you're doing what you're doing, then you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, and you sure aren't training them. And if you're not training them, you're not disciplining them because that's part of the process. So be sure that they understand why. There, there used to be a, a, a woman in my, <laughs> in my dad's church up in Millersville when I was growing up, and uh, I mean... It, God love her, and he did, and she's with Jesus now, and, and all that. But I, I, it was so frustrating to try and talk to this woman about things. Because, you know, I, I, sometimes I would go, well, why is that wrong? And she'd go, well, you know why it's wrong. 
Uh, no, that's why I'm asking the question. Well, the fact that you have a question is, is how you know it's wrong. <laughs> Talk to them. Explain it. Be, be sure they know what's going on. We always tried to, we always, the thing we tried to discipline was rebellion. You know, we, we never tried to discipline. We tried to not discipline our kids because they were being kids. Kids run and scream because they're kids. Hopefully they run and scream. If they don't run and scream, then there's you know, probably something physically wrong or, or something. And it's, a good, it's good for kids to run and scream. It's not good for kids to run and scream in certain places. And it's not good for them to run and scream when they're really bothering other people. You know, so if they're just running and screaming and, and they're not bothering other people and it's the right place, hey, we're not going to discipline them for that. But if they're in the wrong place or if they're really bothering other people, then we're going to say, don't do that. And then if they continue to do it, we're not going to discipline because they ran and screamed. We're going to discipline them because they rebelled against what we told them to do. And be sure that they understand that that's what it's about. That's, that's, that's why it is. That's why Valerie doesn't run and scream today. Uh. <laughs> oh, and understand, one la- I got to get on my horse here. One other thing you need to understand the difference between a threat and a warning. A threat is what bullies and cowards use. A warning is what somebody who loves you uses. Because a warning is something that's going to happen. A threat is just something that is trying to intimidate and manipulate. Uh, and then thirdly, finally, be sure and restore the, the relationship after, after the discipline. I mean, seriously, you go, oh, they know I love you. Uh, they know I love them. No, they don't. How, how do they know? You know, I, I don't know. Am I, am I, I may be the only one, but did any of you ever, at any point in your time, uh, as a little child, wonder if your parents might, if the, if the people that you lived with, the big people in your house might in fact be aliens and your parents had been stolen and they were, you know, these people had a mask and they were. Yeah, yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and there were times, you know, when I wondered, why do they keep me? Why do they give me stuff? You know, I I can't figure this out. Uh, Be sure, restore the relationship. Let them know, look, I had to discipline you, but it doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean you're not my child. Doesn't mean you're not accepted. Okay, what what is required of a child? And once again, I've run out of time. So let me get into this quickly. Uh, Obedience is required of a child. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Hello. This is instruction to a technon. Of course it's right. They feed you. They clothe you. They give you a place to stay. They take care of you. They protect you. It is right that when they say take out the trash, you take out the trash. Or something of that nature. There will come a time when you might know more about certain things than they do. But let me just tell you, being able to program a remote is not an important life skill. (laughs) It's just a thing. 
And if you have to, you can actually get up and walk to the television set and make it do things by touching it. Not on the screen, but you know certain places on it. And your parents know those places. And you may be a parent someday. Let's see here. Yeah, children obey. Yeah, we read that. You may be a parent someday, so let me, let me also put this one on you. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So that it may go well with you. Obey. And, and if you're a really rebellious person, marry someone like Margaret so that your children will obey. So that she'll, because I'm getting what she deserves instead of what I deserve. (laughs) But if you're both rebellious, I'm telling you, it's coming back around. It it will come back around. And then, uh, and then let me just say one other thing. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Why? Because. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. We have a tendency to want to listen to and be around those people who tell us how good we are, how all our decisions are so right, how, man, they're just, they're just wrong, they're not treating you well, blah, 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 blah. And they're probably not your friends. But when someone loves you, even if they have to say or do something that hurts, you can trust it. You can trust it. And, and then not only do they, are they instructed to obey, they're instructed to honor. Honor your, your father and mother so that you may live long on the land the Lord your God has given you. Children are instructed to obey. Can, uh, tech, technons, instructed to obey. You never get too old to give honor. To your parents. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to comply with what they've said. But you never get too old to, to, to give honor. And <laughs> I had the great privilege of being able over the last couple of decades of their life to honor my mother and father. Really much more so than I had ever done at any other time in my life. I mean, it was, it was like makeup time. That I, was, that I was getting to do it. And what a privilege it was. What a, what, what a blessing it was. And speaking of blessing, and I'm, I'm out of time, but I've, I've got to say this too. Your parents, your parents have something that only they can give to you that is very important. And, and parents, you have something that only you can give that is very important. And it is, it is the parental blessing. Jacob was chosen over Esau because he was able to look at that invisible thing, that blessing, that birthright, and go, that's important. I want that. And Esau went, nah, no big deal. No biggie. The parental blessing is very important. There, there are things you can do without their blessing, but it's a powerful and wonderful thing to have. Uh, several months ago, I had uh, a father come to me, and this was uh, not a, a family in this church, but uh, a family that I, that I know well. I had a father come to me, and uh, 
and he, he was saying, man, I, will, you, will you talk to our daughter? She, she's she's going to be moved. She's decided that she's going to move in to an apartment with these guys. And uh, I said, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, and I knew the daughter well. I know her well. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for her. She's really terrific gal. Uh, and, you know, and she was around 20 or so. And I said, well, yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy to, to talk to her. And, and he was saying, well, you know, I mean, her mom and I just aren't in agreement with this at all. We, you know, we're just really torn up in the family about this. So I met with, with her and actually with uh, one of the guys who lived in the apartment, a guy who's a very close friend of hers that actually had kind of opened things up uh, in terms of the apartment being available. It was a good location for what she needed to do and all. And I said, look, here's the deal. I understand the economic reality today. I mean, I understand that, you know, it's sometimes, I mean, you've got to have other people to help you, help you make it financially. And I also understand that the way things are today, that much unlike my generation growing up, if, if, a, if a guy and, and a gal or a couple of guys, a couple of gals are, are living under the same roof, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything going on other than they're just living together. I, I, I understand that. And, uh, and really, for me, the issue isn't, are you guys getting busy with one another? Uh, in fact, you know, I, I ask them, point out, you know, you, you guys having, are you having sex? No. And, and I, I, I trust her enough, I didn't know him that well, trust her enough to go, I, I believe you. I absolutely believe you. But it's really irrelevant because you're both old enough, you're, you're both 20 and you, you both have cars and you don't have to live in the same house to be messing around. You know, you really don't. But here's what bothers me. You know that you have godly parents who love you and you are intentionally walking out from under their blessing. That's what bothers me. That's what you really need to consider. The parental blessing is such a wonderful thing to have. And you may, you may, you may not have a mother or a father who's still living or you may not have one who who was willing to give their blessing or even knew they had a blessing to give. But whose child are you? I mean, come on. Whose child are you? God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts to cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. He provides provision. He provides training and instruction. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. He provides a blessing. It's available of eternal life. You don't want to walk out from under that. You want to embrace that. So that you may live long and prosper. Would you stand with me?